Welcome to Entrepreneurs Are United, where like-minded individuals gather to grow. Today's episode will be about leadership, brought to you by Michael Monday. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope you guys have had a great week. We're going to kick off our leadership segment today. We're going to talk about the difference between decentralized and centralized leadership. Sit back, enjoy the ride. So here's a scenario I want you to think about. I want you to think about the United States military for a second. You're in combat situation, and all of a sudden, you've become under fire. Your radios go out, or you're separated from the radio, and you have to make a decision. Now, in that decision, there's risk, and the calculation of that risk happens immediately. You have to either A, locate your radio, or B, you have to make a decision on the spot. And that decision, you know, has consequences one way or the other, successful consequences or bad consequences. So all of this isn't about this moment in time. This moment in time is just what defines whether or not that structure had leadership that was centralized or decentralized in their decision making. Well, let's go back, back before this moment. There was a leader involved in developing short-term leaders, leaders of platoons and sections and companies, and that leader is essentially setting the framework of decision-making within that company, organization, and this is synonymous with business or the military. The leader who sets the organizational framework is essentially setting up for that moment in time when a decision has to be made or should be made. Now let's say that this scenario the leader at the top or the leader who was setting the organizational development or framework was a decentralized decision making. This leader pushed information as much as possible in order to arm the people who are making decisions with enough to make a rapid and accurate decision in order to accomplish the task from the top. Now, let's just say on this mission, that it was to seize this bridge. And going to this bridge, they came under fire. Well, the mission was to seize the bridge. Well, within that framework, there were other parameters that were already set forth by the head leader, by the top management. If this happens, then you can continue forward. If this happens, you must come back. If this happens, then you must make this decision. Here are the numbers that we can fight on with, and you must make the call if you cannot achieve said results. So these decentralized decisions were pushed on the, the next level leader for them to make a rapid and accurate decision without the presence of other leadership. Now let's go back and let's say that this leadership was centralized, meaning that it was a pool of information, that every decision had to be made after the, all the information is, or as much as possible was gathered. Let's say the same bridge, same contact, came under fire, unknown enemy source. Now, the radio had to be found in order to get the information in order to make a decision. Because of the centralized process, the leader on the ground was afraid of making a decision that would impact the information that hadn't been given out. There wasn't enough decision to understand how important taking the bridge was or how important was the numbers to continuing on with the regular mission. This decision, either A, was aborted and nothing happened, 
or B, they spent more time looking for ways to get information to the decision maker in order to get this accomplished. Now, the centralized and decentralized decision making can be a relevance of time and place. In the military, decentralized leadership is a preferred method because things do happen rapidly on the battlefield, but there isn't battlefields everywhere in the military. So a centralized approach to some organizational frameworks is almost necessary. There is decisions to be made with millions of dollars of equipment, of property, of moving soldiers from one country to another, or just in general, how to act and react based off of information as it comes. And this is an intelligence framework that's given in the push-pull of reconnaissance. A push-pull reconnaissance is there is no decision to be made without the information being pushed back all the way to the rear. Now, that is a very centralized way of looking at it, while the forces on the ground may be doing it in a decentralized manner. So again, we're not here to say that being decentralized is better than being centralized. It is definitely a framework. And if you choose the wrong one at the, at the wrong time, it could be detrimental to decision making and being a proactive and accurate leader on the battlefield or a management of a situation or people. Now, let's put that into a corporate perspective. So you have a decision to be made that you got all your work done and you want to send your people home early. Do you have enough information that allows you to make that decision? Or is it always a decision of someone else to decide whether or not that's a good decision? Now, that may seem minute in perspective, but not everyone's going to send everyone home. They're just going to find more things if they're going to pay them for that decision or for that time that they're supposed to be there. Granted, that was just an example. You know, you can take that into any framework whatsoever. Someone calls in, they want to buy something right now but the person who usually makes the sales isn't there. And do you have the power or the authority or the information to make said sell? And this customer is going to leave unless they get the order now because they need it right now. Again, was there enough communication or was the conversation had about if this person wasn't there or is it centralized over his or her presence at all time and place? Well, that's something for every business to look at themselves is the absence or if you were to die right now, does everything stop? If you had to go, if you had to do this or do that, could you continue on? Or could your company or what you do continue on? Or were you the success or the failure of that particular place or that particular mission or that particular job? A lot of people can call that job security. Without you, everything falls apart. It may seem like a good centralized decision to make for yourself, but when it comes to company effort or organizational effort, it definitely is not a way to continue to improve the success of the, of the business itself. Right. So while centralized and decentralized decision making can be an effective tool, it also has to be placed at the right uh, moment, the right place, the right organization, the right situation. Uh, and we've kind of covered a few of those aspects. Now, let's talk about how it affects on morale. Now, if you have every decision that has to go from top to bottom, there's one thing that really we get hit on here, and that's time. Now, in a, in a business world, time is money. Now, time is money, and that kind of goes for everything, whether you're mowing your yard, painting your house, working on cars, or you're being an entrepreneur and you're spending time on Instagram or trying to sell or you know develop courses. Time is money. But in a business world, if you have to wait 
for a decision to go all the way to the top for you to close a contract, for you to make a sale, for you to go on a business trip or call it what you will, that time is costing the company money. Now, look at it from a decentralized method. If all if the company ran solely on decentralized and everyone was making decisions without any type of oversight when oversight was needed, then it almost seems like, say you had 50 people making 50 decisions decentralized, you could potentially have 50 different lines of effort. And a line of effort being uh, what they think the end goal of projects or the company is. Without coming back and, and realigning and ensuring that everyone has the guidance from the top in order to make the decisions, the decentralized decision-making can easily get out of hand. You empower people to make decisions within their scope. So again, this is all goes back to communication. You have to understand what your scope is. What is your realm of influence, right? Your sphere of influence. How big of a decision can you make? And if you think it's an endless bound decision-making process, well, then that is incorrect. Because without those parameters, then we're making decisions that haven't either yet been considered or the information hasn't flowed accordingly. So let's have to, we have to consider that when we're making centralized and decentralized decision-making. Additionally, with, with centralized decision-making, you also incorporate a bit of fear, right? And that is only one aspect of it. No, you don't get fear in every centralized decision-making process, but you do add a level of fear in some cases because people are afraid to make decisions because you have used fear to create a centralized decision-making in one scenario. So the decision to go over that bridge or to take that bridge could also be halted because you're afraid of the consequences and repercussions of either A, failing, or B, finishing the mission with less forces than you were supposed to. Same thing can go with any type of corporation or business. The fear of taking that consumer, that customer, and either A, not closing it, or not getting the right price for the product or not handling the paperwork correctly can also put a big stale mark on you actually wanting to make a decision and close the deal in the absence of leadership or guidance. Now, decentralized can also kind of go with the laissez-faire type of leadership where people are making decisions because they know that you're just, you, you just want work to get done. Right. And that's also not a way of incorporating leadership style and incorporating things to get done. Laissez faire can work in some aspects of leadership and definitely has its place, time and place, you know, especially when we talk, start looking at some of the more uh, successful entrepreneurs that just happen to be the one out of, you know, 50 that managed to be laissez faire, be very successful and create just this laid back environment. But when you're trying to do startups, you're trying to, you know, command a presence uh, or, you know, be a significant power force in the uh, decision making process, which is a very important process, then you have to know that your presence is important, right? You're, the things that come out of your mouth are important because they're creating the sphere of influence. Your words as a leader or a manager of people or, or situations is setting the parameters of those spheres. So you have to be present. You have to, you know, decentralized decision-making was still a process. It was still you giving directives and opinions and uh, guidance and information that says this is where you need to operate. And if you get to the outer part of your sphere, then you must stop and come back and ask for more guidance. Now, when you're the one giving that, then you have to realize that you are the one who has to run tests over that. 
is my sphere of influence appropriate? Have I given enough guidance? Have I given enough information? Do all the things happen accordingly based off of what I've said? And this is that feedback. And this is where that push and pull conversation happens. And you don't end conversations with, do you understand? Because that's a yes or, or no question. People can just say yes and be done with it. Questions like, do you have any questions or could you repeat back what I said to you? Make sure I covered everything because I'm unsure. Putting the ownage on you and making you look like you want to go over it again, having that shared understanding because they may have heard something. They may have heard it differently than what you said it. And you just want to make sure that that message is very clear. So putting it back on you saying, could you please repeat that? Because I want to make sure I didn't forget anything that's or what did you hear? Right. What did you hear? I said what or ask some simple questions or go to the big point. Like, what is the main objective here or what is the you know, could you tell me what the key tasks are in the military? We, we look at it as like, what are the key tasks? And that means what must happen for this to be successful? These are these are the things you must do typically in chronological order. But at the end of the day, they must happen. These are you must get the west side of the bridge. You must have 75 percent of your force and you must retain control of the bridge. Right. And you must consolidate and continue continue mission. Right. So these are things that must happen. Right. And the other one is you must commute. You must get the phone number for the customer. You must use form 1064 in order for them to make the purchase. And you must be within this price of fifteen dollars to twenty one dollars per unit. Right. These are these are the must that you have to do. And if you understand that the negotiations and the flexibility are on you. Right. Your success and failure is the difference between whether or not you sold it for 1575 unit or 1925 a unit, right? And that's just using kind of the civilian business as a example of, you know, allowing people to have parameters and determine their own success. And then you can make the guidance moving forward that if you have someone who is always going for the $15, the next bit of guidance you give that person is you must sell within 16 to $21 or 17, right? If you want to kind of push that, uh, if you have to push that, or if, if someone who sold for $20, then you can still give them the same guidance because you know they're always going to s- try to sell and do as hard as they can to get it there, right? Allows you to make more decisions. So again, I hope you guys really got a lot out of the centralized and decentralized decision making. I hope you know what your leadership style uh, is. And I, I rent, again, you, there is no pro, overall pro and overall con of what you want to use because it is situational and situational leadership is one of the main 10 uh, leadership styles uh, that I personally like to be involved in. I like to kind of continuously read up on and see scenarios and how they work. Again, I'm a big fan of the decentralized leadership style as far as like my 60-40 rule. Uh, I try to do more decentralized and I do centralized and being in the military, that's the kind of way you have to framework it. Sometimes you just have to be the one who sits around and makes the call. And that usually falls into the realm of decision makings and punishment or large amounts of money or stuff like that. But again, making sure people understand that is super important. But as you move into other sectors of leadership in the civilian sector, most of the time decentralized decision making is pretty powerful. Uh, as long as you give enough information and you get enough data out there for people to make those decisions. So I hope you guys have a great day. You stay amazing as always. And I will see you next time at our leadership discussion.